Hey, welcome to our online campus. This is our series that we've been in all summer long called Summer Mixtape. Before we jump in there, though, today, I want to share some, a great report with all of you in the Valley family. A couple weeks back, I mentioned how we had given a significant amount of money uh, to our sister church in Trospel, uh, Transnistria, to help them because of a lot of uh, really harassment that was coming on them uh, because of uh, the KGB and whatnot, where they weren't allowed to go into their building. Uh, so they wanted to kind of put a cover over an outdoor area where they could continue to meet. I want to show you the picture of what they did here. Uh, they, this is it. You can kind of see there uh, the, the arch that's been covered, and it actually has flaps on the side as well, almost like a tent where they can just kind of drop those down, and it is almost completely enclosed. But this is okay. It's not all right for them to be in their building, though. Uh, and this is a retreat, a conference that they just had uh, with a few exceptions, maybe 10 people there, uh, everyone else really are new Christians, which is just amazing to see what God is doing in the midst of just real persecution and harassment that they're facing on a daily basis in Valley Family. That's because of your generosity that they were able to construct this and then to have this. Pastor Yuri sent that to me this week, just loves and appreciates so much his sister church here, uh, Valley Christian Church. So you did that, Valley Family, and I'm so proud of you and you're making an eternal impact, uh, not only in our community, but really around the world. And so uh, I just want to share that with you and thank you so much on behalf of our sister church in Tarospel there and Pastor Yuri. Well, this is week number 13 of our series. Next week's the finale uh, of our mixtape series. And, and this is kind of like a part B, part two uh, of something I started talking about last week about honor. Heard a lot of feedback from that. A lot of folks like, I've never heard anything about, you know, so much. Didn't know there was so much in the Bible about honor. Uh, you ain't seen nothing yet because we got a lot of ground to cover here today. I want to talk today about honor role. Honor role, who we should honor, and, and not only who we should honor, but then how we should honor it. A lot of ground to cover, uh, but all the notes are on our website, valleyny.cc. You can follow along and save those notes, send them to yourself. You'll have them to look back on because still we're just scratching the surface of this topic that's all throughout the Bible, really Genesis through Revelation. Revelation. Let's pick up uh, where we were last week real quick. Romans chapter 12, verse 10, the Bible says, honor one another above yourselves. And then we define that word honor in the original language of the New Testament, Greek. Uh, the word honor is the word time, not time. In Greek, it's pronounced time. And what it means to, is to value, respect, or highly esteem, to treat as precious, weighty, or valuable. And so that's literally what it means to honor. And so honor can be uh, just, we can dishonor because we don't do the right thing, because we don't affirm the right people for the right reasons. And, and so it's to put really highly esteem, value, respect, treat as precious, and put weight on people's lives. So there's really seven, as I'm calling this uh, honor role, who we should honor here really today, who we should honor. There's seven categories uh, of people that we should honor. And, and the first is this, honor others. Just a general, very general sense. If you were to look up all the scriptures in the Bible about honor, they kind of all fall into one of these seven categories uh, in this honor role. Who should we honor? Honor others. First Peter chapter 2 verse 17 says, honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. And, and so honor everyone. The Bible never gives us an exception of someone to dishonor. We're to honor everyone. Every human being has value in the eyes of God. And, and, and he's listening to how we talk 
about others in their presence and when we're not in their presence. How, how we treat other people. Honor everyone. And notice what it says here. Fear God, honor the emperor. Even here, this emperor was, we talked about a little bit last week, Nero Caesar, who, who actually made sport of killing and martyring Christians. He did it for fun, for enjoyment, spilling their blood. And yet the Bible says, honor the emperor. It doesn't mean you agree with him. It doesn't mean you, you blindly just say, it's okay whatever he's doing, but you still have to be very, very careful about how you speak about him because God is listening. And so honor everyone. Romans chapter 12, verse 10 in the Bible, it puts it this way, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor giving preference to one another. So, so the first group of people that we're supposed to honor is everyone. Honor others. Here's the second, uh, honor authority. Honor authority. So much about this in the Bible. Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 2. Let everyone be subject to governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. Doesn't mean they're perfect. Doesn't mean you agree with them. But, but our lives go so much better when we give authority the honor they deserve because God's given civil authority to people, real authority. There is no authority except which God has established. And so when we dishonor authority, we dishonor God. The authorities that exist have been established by God. This specifically is talking about civil authority. And it goes on and it says, Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. So that's a promise. When we, when we dishonor government authority that God has given to us, we will bring judgment on ourselves. Sometimes that comes from the government. Sometimes it comes from God directly. And so this is no small thing. So, so what is the, the authority? God has every one of us, there are layers of authority that God has placed over us in our lives. Uh, let me give those to you real quick, you know, just, just to, so there's no confusion about it. First of all, governmental authority. That, that means you know, uh, federal authority in the United States, that means uh, our state authorities, local authorities uh, as well, that we're to honor them, show them proper respect, put weight and value upon them. And I think that's really important, and we do that here at Valley Christian Church. We're, we're so grateful for everyone who's served in our military, those that are in law enforcement, and we honor, we respect that, and, and the Bible says that we should. And when we don't, we violate Scripture and we bring God's judgment upon ourselves. And I don't want to be in that space. I don't want to live that kind of life at all. Also, work and school authority. That means teachers. That means professors. That means coaches. That means administrators. That God's watching how we speak to and speak about those people in our lives. Also, family authority. So that might mean your spouse. That, that means your parents. Uh, it, the, God is watching how we relate to one another, and, and we either receive God's blessings because of the way that we respond to authority and, and really honor authority, or if we dishonor them, 
then we bring judgment on ourselves. Also spiritual authority. There's real spiritual authority. I'm thankful for the, the trustees, the elders in this church that I'm submitted to uh, as, uh, as a pastor here, that they look out for me, they watch out for me and, and my family, you know, and also the small group leaders and, and pastors and staff that we have here. There's real spiritual authority that God has established. In fact, very interesting. Look at what 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17 puts it this way the elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor like the only place in the scripture ever talks about double honor to anybody especially those who work whose work is preaching and teaching now i'm not saying that to be self-serving this is just information uh, so that you're aware but but it just seems like god's really serious about this whole idea of honoring those that are in authority and so i can't thank enough the the pastoral staff that just helps me so much to care for, to instruct, to teach, to lead the Valley family on a regular basis. There's no way that, that someone, you know, individually that's, the, you know, even Susie and I could do that with 1,400, 1,500 people in the Valley family. Uh, two people can't do that, no way. But our pastoral staff and then our administrative staff, our ministry directors as well, and our dream teamers, man. You know, most Sundays I get here and there's already buzz about the church and there's dream teamers volunteers that are just working as hard as they can just to make it a great experience for you when you come to in-person service here. And so I'm so thankful for the whole body, the group, the leaders of this church that really, uh, and I honor you and your sacrifice on a regular basis. Every Sunday after our, our service is over, we kind of get together as a staff and kind of clap up, you know, someone who's done a couple outstanding things that day in, in the service. It's just really important. We've tried to just make a culture of honor here at Valley Christian Church, and I think that's why, even in the midst of real difficult times, God has just continued to bless our church in amazing ways because we just made a concerted effort to really honor those that are in authority. Here's the third one, honor parents. Honor parents. We talked about this a little bit last week. Let's look at it again real quick. But uh, in Ephesians, it actually says, honor your father and mother. Notice it doesn't say children obey your parents. It says honor your father and mother. So we're not children. We don't outgrow honoring. If you got a mom and a dad, we're supposed to honor them as long as they're living. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, and here it is, we talked about last week, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. That if we dishonor our parents, the way we talk about them negatively, you know, throw them under the bus when we're with our buddies or something like that, we dishonor dad, we dishonor mom, that it actually says it's not going to go well with us and you're going to live a short life on this planet. That there's a promise here. If we'll honor mom and dad We'll live a long life on this earth. And so we're to honor our parents. Here, here's the fourth in this roll call, really, this honor roll. Honor marriage. Honor marriage. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4 says, Marriage should be honored by all, by everyone. The institution that God created, a man and a woman in the bonds of marriage for a lifetime. It shouldn't be treated cheaply. It shouldn't be, you know, uh, easy come, easy go. Marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure for God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. In other words, those who act like they're married and they're not married, husband and wife, God says, I'm going to judge that. He hadn't changed his mind on that. 
And, and that's why as pastors, even when a couple comes to us to be married, ask us to officiate a, a wedding, that's why we go through premarital counseling. It's a big investment of time because we're concerned not about their wedding, we're concerned about the quality of their marriage. Their marriage. And contrary to popular belief, and you can check this out, actually Google it yourself, the, the divorce rate in Christian churches is not the same as those that are not. That's a lie. That's not true. In, in fact, the divorce rate, unchurched, uh, those that are not Christian, is about 50%. Best that, that most uh, psychologists and, and, uh, and researchers can find, those that attend church regularly, it's, it's like less than 20% divorce rate. There's supposed to be a difference because marriage is supposed to be honored by all. And, and then it gets real personal. Listen to this, how important honor is to God as he's watching. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, In the same way you husbands must give honor to your wife. That's the teaching of Scripture. Listen to this, this is crazy. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, and she's not emotionally weaker. She's not intelligent, you know, weaker intelligence. They're talking about she probably just doesn't bench press as much as you do. She's probably not as strong physically as you. She may be weaker than you, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. So much misinterpretation of Scripture where men have just, just, uh, lorded it over and, and thought the teachings of Scripture means a man is superior, a husband is superior to his wife. That's not the teaching of Scripture. They're equal partners. Look at Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. God says to a husband, if you mistreat, if you dishonor your wife, I will not answer your prayers. Period. That's how serious God is about this. So husband, maybe, maybe the reason why your prayers aren't being answered, maybe why it seems like God's not speaking, is because you're dishonoring your wife. God makes that crystal clear because you think you're superior, because you, you think you're the big bad boss in the house. Uh-uh, that's not what the Bible says. She is your equal partner in God's gift. And if you don't honor her, and that's an active thing, it's not passive, if you don't honor her, God says, nah, 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 nah. when you're praying, he's like, ah, I can't hear you, and I can't hear you, because of the way you mistreated, and you dishonored, and you disrespected your wife. Got your attention? I mean, there's so much in the Bible. And again, we're just, we're scratching the surface on this. I tried the best I could to kind of put these in categories just to get through, like, generally, the, the areas. How about this one? Honor age. Honor the elderly. Leviticus 19, verse 32 says, Rise in the presence of the aged. Show respect for the elderly and revere your God, I am the Lord. And what he means by this is when, when we show honor and respect to those that are older, we show reverence to God. It's a form of worship when we rise and you, you, you go first. You, you take my seat. In our culture, we, we do not honor the elderly. We, we, we see, well, they're not useful anymore. But, but the reality is, God says, you revere me by showing reverence and honor to the elderly. Honor the aged. Why? Job 12, 12 gives us a real good reason why. Is not wisdom found among the aged? Does not long life bring understanding? 
I mean, I know, you know, you say, well, old, older folks, they don't know anything, you know. Uh, they, they don't even know how to work an iPhone. Youngsters like, I don't even know how to work an iPhone. Well, listen, you, you know, young whippersnapper, that's about all you do know how to work is an iPhone. They know how to work all kinds of other stuff. They, they've lived a lot longer, and it's true. You live longer on this planet, you just, you, you just, you wise up and you know some stuff. But there's just no other way you can learn without the years behind you. And so the teaching of Scripture, honor the age. Honor age. Here's the sixth one, honor nature. God expects you and I to honor his creation. Everything God created, he's entrusted into the care of humanity. Look at what it says, Genesis chapter 1. Genesis 1, God blessed them, Adam and Eve, and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over it, the fi- rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over every living creature that moves on the ground. This whole idea of rule over, what it means is manage responsibly. Manage responsibly. So right there in Scripture, we're to honor nature, not worship it, not worship creation, but to manage responsibly conservation honor nature and then the seventh one the final one honor God and really that's probably the first one honor God very interesting in Malachi what God says here Malachi chapter 1 verse 6 a son honors his father and a slave his master if I am a father God's asking where is the honor due me If I am a master, where is the respect due me, says the Lord Almighty. He's like, I expect you to honor me, God says about himself. And so it's really important that we honor those seven groups of people, and it's really everyone. How do we do it? How do we do it? Let me me spend the rest of our time together just talking about how do we really practically show honor because again it's not vague it's not ambiguous it's not passive even if we're going to honor it has to be very deliberate very intentional very decisive it's it's an action it's a verb And, and we need to initiate honor how do we honor well first thing we we honor by putting them first that's how we honor by putting someone ahead of ourselves you go first you're, you're, I honor you by letting you go first. Putting God first. You know, just instead of rushing to, it's all about me, grab the seat on the bus, you know, push, uh, get people, I'm going to get it first, you know, black market, uh, I'm sorry, Black Friday, I'm going to get the deal first, pushing people out of the way. Total dishonor. Total dishonor. We honor by putting others first. And there's so much about this all throughout the Bible. One example of just putting God first in terms of even our finances. That's one of the ways we honor him. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9, it says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops. That wealth is not just money, but it's your time. It's your energy. It's, it's everything. That's what your, your wealth is, not just your bank account. It, it's the beginning of your day. It's the beginning of your week on Sunday. Put them first, the first fruits. When we talk about tithing, it's not just the amount, 10%. It's supposed to be the first 
not the leftovers. Not you pay Central Hudson first, pay college tuition second, and then whatever's left over, food, groceries, rent, mortgage, whatever's left over, you just give that to God and make sure it's a temperate. No, it's supposed to be the first. That's what honor means, is it goes first. That, that's why it's so important to start your day with Jesus. That's why it's so important to start your week as we gather together to put God first. God, I, I know it's inconvenient, but, but I'm going to get to church because it's a way I honor you by putting you first every single Sunday before anything else. That's the way I was raised. That, that, no, no matter what, I remember when our church started back in 1975, I remember uh, my mom said this, you get one, one time you get to miss church for a reason other than being sick for your life. One. My sister took it the second week of church. She went to a birthday party instead. We're like, you blew it, man. I still haven't used it, by the way. Just, just when I decided, just check out. But it was like, if you were sick, they'd just like bring a plastic bag. You'd be throwing up on the front row, but you're coming. I mean, that was the way I was raised. It's like, it didn't matter what the situation, it didn't matter. That's why I didn't play popcorn or football, because that competed with putting God first on Sunday mornings. That my parents were like, nothing will be first except for God. So putting him first, that's the way we honor God, by putting him first, not fitting him into our schedule. We build our schedule around him being first. Proverbs 3.9, the message, I love how it puts it this way. Honor God with everything you own. Give him the first and the best. The first and the best. That's why I think the first energy of the morning needs to go to God first. Not, not, not when we've been exhausted all day long. Then we'll spend some time in prayer. That is the first part of the day. The first energy of the morning to spend in prayer. Spending God's word. The first of the week on Sunday. We honor by putting first. Here's the second thing. We honor by our words. We honor by our words or we dishonor by our words. James chapter 3 verse 9 and 10. Look what it says. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. So we're praising God, but then we're talking trash uh, against other people that disagree with us, and, and we're condemning them, and we're making fun of people left and right. And, and it says, out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. This is not the way that God intended it. That, that we praise God with our tongue, but then human beings that are made in his likeness, we are posting, we are ripping, we are, we are just tearing people apart. It's not the way it's supposed to be. God sees that. And, and, and it troubles God. In fact, look at how it puts it this way, troubling God, talk about troubling God with our words. Ephesians 4 Verse 29 through 30, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building up according, uh, building up others, building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Do not let anything that is unwholesome, anything that is negative come out of your mouth, but only what is building up other people. Not tearing them down, but building them up. 
And, and I think that goes not only for our words, again, because social media is such a big, huge thing, I think it goes for our posts as well. I think it goes for our text messages. I think that covers everything, any way that you and I communicate. Don't let any unwholesome come out. But only what is building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit, encourage, lift up others. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Did you catch that? When we go negative, when we're critical, when, when we are condemning, when, when we are putting other people and groups down, the Holy Spirit, ah, we're hurting God. We're hurting God. And then we reach out, God help me. It's not supposed to be that way. Just as we saw in James, this should not be. We're supposed to have a different quality of life, a different kind of life as followers of Christ. And one of the greatest ways you can see it is how we communicate. It's supposed to be completely different than the world that doesn't know and denies Jesus. So we honor by putting first. We honor with our words. And then here's the third one. We honor by protecting them. If there's something that you value, you protect it. If there's someone that you value, you, you look out for them. You, you're concerned and, and, and you care for those that you value, those that you honor. John 7, verse 18, Jesus said, He who speaks on his own does so to gain honor for himself. We don't talk about ourselves all the time. But he who works for the honor of the one who sent him is a man of truth. There's nothing false about him. Jesus even said he came with you in mind. He came honoring God, speaking with with the idea of others in mind. You protect those that you honor. We honor by protecting. We look out for We're concerned for them more than ourselves. You know, kind of reminds me of a true story. Uh, Babe Ruth, probably still, uh, I think we've got a picture of him. Yeah, most of, I think, most every one of us has heard about Babe Ruth before. Uh, Still arguably the greatest baseball player ever. Other people have hit more home runs, but just, just, uh, quality of baseball to baseball. He was an incredible pitcher. Probably would have ended up being a Hall of Fame pitcher, but he, he only, you know, would play every few days, so that's why they made him an outfielder. Uh, as you can see, not the greatest physique in the world, and he ended up having a big old belly, but, but just absolutely, like, made baseball in the truest sense what it is, if you know anything about the history of baseball. I love baseball. Uh, played baseball, softball for, I, I think, about 18 years total of my life. And, uh, you, you know, he signed a lot of baseballs in the day, but he only autographed seven baseball bats in his entire life. Seven, there's only seven that he ever autographed. And uh, hold on just a minute, I just want to show you something. Right here. Uh, yeah, I, I know, I know, isn't it amazing? You're, you're saying... 
that's one of the bats that Babe Ruth autographed? No, it's not. Uh, just, uh, you jumped to that conclusion, not me. Uh, this is actually one of, this is my old bat from when I was a little boy, nine years old, and uh, is Roberto Clemente instead. In fact, Roberto Clemente had already uh, been killed in a, in a plane accident. Uh, great uh, outfielder of the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, before I was born, but this is my, I know it looks like almost like a little nightstick right now, uh, but this was, this is Greg Ear Williamson's nine-year-old uh, baseball bat here. But Babe Ruth, he, he only autographed seven baseball bats in his life. And, and they knew where six of them were, but there was a seventh one that was missing. And, and they didn't know what had happened to it. No one knew what had happened to it. And in, in the late, like, 1990, late 1980s, there was a man who was dying in a hospital. He had no family at all. And he, he was trying to, like, settle his estate and figure out who he's going to leave his earthly possessions to. And there was a nurse named Marcia that, that really had cared for him in the hospital. And, and he said, I want you to have this. And he gave her this baseball bat. And, and it was actually this seventh bat autographed by Babe Ruth. She had no idea what she had. And she was like, thank you very much. And she went home and she put it under her bed. And it stayed there for 18 years. And after she retired from being a nurse, she decided she wanted to open up a small restaurant, a coffee shop, and, and she remembered that bat underneath her bed for 18 years, and she thought, well, maybe that's worth something. And she took it down to a sports memorabilia collector, and he's like, ma'am, you have no idea what you're holding in your hands. And he told her, like, that's the seventh bat. That's the seven, there's only seven of them. That's the seventh bat that Babe Ruth signed that everyone's looking for. And so she put it up for auction, and in 2004, she received over $1.5 million for that Babe Ruth baseball bat. And, and she ended up buying the coffee shop, opening it up. She had more money left over, and she found one of the charities that actually Babe Ruth had contributed to in his life, and she gave the balance of that 1.5 to that charity. And, and, and this is what she said, and we have this quote here. I just want to put it up. This is Marcia uh, Tejada. She put it this way. The bat was only valuable because Babe Ruth's name was on it, and since he made it valuable, the only reasonable thing that I could do was some, uh, the only reasonable thing I could do was something to honor his life because Babe Ruth's name was put upon it. And, and see, that, that's what honor really is because every human being was created in the image of God. God's put his name on you. God's put his name on me. And, and when we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, the reality of what that means comes alive in our life. And that's how we really begin to see how valuable we are and how valuable every single person around us really is. Because God's put his name on you. I love the blessing that we end with every single week that God gave in the book of Numbers. He gave it to Moses and he said, tell this to your brother Aaron, who is the first high priest. He says, have these words, this blessing spoken over my people. Because when these words are spoken over my people, my name is being placed upon my people. 
That's what makes me valuable. God's name is on it. That's what makes you valuable. Maybe you don't feel valuable. Well, you don't know how I grew up. You don't know what I've gone through. No, but God does, and he's put his name on you, and he wants you to recognize that in receiving his son, Jesus Christ. And, and when we do, it changes how we view ourselves. It changes how we view others. We see them as valuable, and we honor them. And when we honor others the way God wants us to, as we've talked about this week and last, God's blessing comes onto our life in a powerful way that, that really, it doesn't come any other way. And so I'm just going to put the bat down right now. <laughs> Don't need that anymore. Had you fooled for just a minute. But and what I want to do right now is I want to pray. I, I want to pray because I, I just believe that as a Valley family, we are to be people of honor. And we need to honor this, this honor roll, these seven groups of people. And, and, and I know we may have messed up so bad in the past, but from this day forward, from this day forward, I'm praying that we're mindful that we don't grieve the Holy Spirit by what we say, what we post, what we text. That, that we live lives of honor in how we communicate to others. Because God's name is on you. He's on me. And that's why we're valuable. We're made in his image. Every single human being you ever lock eyes with in this life is made in the image of God. Whether you agree with them or not, whether, whether they're your enemy or not, they're made in the image of God. And we need to be people of honor, living a different kind of life that reflects the honor that God wants us to as we honor him. Would you bow your heads with me right now? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, for many of us, we've never heard anything like this before because our culture is such a dishonoring, disrespectful culture today in America. God, thank you for your word that instructs us. Thank you for your word that redirects us and corrects us when we need. So, Father, forgive us of our dishonor in the past, things that we've said, things that we've posted, things that we've texted. And God, from this day forward, we pray that we would see every human being with the honor and attach the value and the weight to every human life the way that you do. Thank you for putting your name upon us. And Lord, may we live lives of honor that reflect the weight and the value you've placed upon us by putting your name on us. Thank you, Lord. Right now, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I want to give you an opportunity. If, if you've never prayed and received Jesus Christ, receive that name. Invited him into your life. The Bible says if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in, his, believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so right now, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Just invite you to open your heart and receive him today because he's placed his name upon you and begin to live a new life by the power of the Holy Spirit that reflects that he is your Savior and Lord today. Just repeat this prayer after me right now. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sin. I turn from my sin today. 
Jesus, thank you for living for me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising from the dead for me. Jesus, thank you for new life I received today because of you. I ask you to lead me, guide me, direct me by your Holy Spirit from this day forward and I will follow you and I will live a life of honor and honor those around me. In Jesus' name, amen.